for the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Joe Varden, our national NBA writer for The Athletic, about the hot topics in the NBA from last week. Of course, James Harden headed to the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving is fined and cleared to return to basketball action. Also, what's going to happen with the COVID stoppages and postponed games in the NBA? Also, the NBA taking its next step in the social justice coalition movement that they plan to use to make changes in their local communities. All stuff we can talk about with Joe Varden, our NBA writer, who joins me next. Today is Monday, Martin Luther King Day, January 18th. It is my pleasure to welcome in Joe Varden. He covers the NBA for The Athletic, and you can follow him on Twitter at Joe Varden. Joe, first time on the update. It's great to have you, man. How are you? You know what? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay out here in Cleveland trying to stay warm. (laughs) Trying to stay warm in Cleveland. And this time of year is a little different now for the Cavs. I guess they're all into the Browns now, but uh, you're traditionally following the Cavs this time of year, and LeBron James, obviously a little different last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess you could look at it this way. LeBron joining the Lakers made it so that my Januaries and Februaries were in much warmer climates. So I should, I guess, suppose I should thank him for that. Well, it's good. Now you can pull back and you can focus on some of this big picture stuff, which is kind of where I want to start with you. And obviously the story that has ripped through the NBA this past week was the Kyrie Irving deal, as well as the James Harden trade to the Brooklyn Nets. So I want to start with the Kyrie situation because he was obviously cleared to come back. He's been fined. He had to do the quarantine thing. They said he was tested all the time he was out. But what can you tell me about the behind the scenes stuff with Kyrie? What's going on with him? And there was some belief this past week that maybe he was done with basketball. He's got irons and other fires outside of the game is he focused on the game or what what can you tell about this situation well as far as his focus on the game I don't think we can really know that until he comes back and stays and shows that he's engaged and obviously handles the transition to a team with James Harden on it very well but it had been a trying week plus in and around the nets trying to figure out what was going on with Kyrie I think there is a plausible explanation that Kyrie wanted to do something that was important for his sister, which was attend this birthday party. You couldn't have done it and be active in the NBA. And so he went, he was around maskless people, you know, that obviously earned him an extra quarantine. He ended up getting fined for it, lost all of his game checks for those games. That is a plausible explanation. In the meantime, as we were all trying to report on what was going on, all of us, heard whispers about, well, he may not come back. And so now that doesn't appear to be the case, of course. But but yeah, it was a wild time. We don't really know how he is going to be until we see him, you know, playing for a while. But yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of this had to do with, uh, with the sister's birthday party. Well, from a fan standpoint, you're just like, what gives, man? You're one of the faces of this team. Uh, You're trying to get things up and running. You appear to be this team that could be a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference. And then it comes to his side. You go, well, if it's a family situation and something you want to do, that's uh, something he's got to deal with publicly, I guess, when he comes back. Now, the other side of this is the James Harden trade that goes down. And just sort of your initial thoughts on the trade and the impact this is going to have on the Eastern Conference. I thought the Nets were a pretty good team. They look like they were built pretty deep. Jared Allen, you've got Karis LeVert, fills in for Dinwiddie when he goes goes down and now you've got an entirely different roster albeit three of the best players in the league what do you make of this move I use the Warriors as an example what happened in 2019 you know with KD getting hurt and then you know Clay getting hurt and then KD trying to play and then getting hurt the point is is that for any team in the league you don't know 
how long your window is going to be open. And the reason why I'm using the Warriors as an example is they entered that season as the prohibitive favorite to win. And the Raptors kind of put their team culture to the side. They mortgaged some future. They did everything they could to go and get Kawhi Leonard for that one year to take that one shot at a winner. Would the Raptors have beaten a healthy Warriors team? I I don't think so. But the Warriors turned out not to be healthy. And so you look at the Nets here. They spent years stockpiling draft picks, building a culture there. Everybody that they had on the team lived in Brooklyn. I mean, they were immersed in the community. They were immersed in the organization. It was a really neat thing. But they had a shot at a winner. The window opened when they were able to land Kyrie and KD. And, you know, in doing that, they ended up having to say goodbye to Kenny Atkinson and, and they got Steve Nash's coach. And, and now James Harden becomes available. And now you trade away, you know, three of those building blocks from that original team of Karis LeVert and Jared Allen and Torian Prince, really good guys. And at least two of those guys could turn out to be stars, but this is their chance <laughs> to go and win that title. And so when someone like James Harden becomes available, you spend what you have to spend, you go and get him because you don't know. You don't know how long KD and Kyrie by themselves are going to be around. And you don't know if that's enough to get you over the hump against the Lakers. But these three might be. And if something happens to LeBron or if something happens to AD or, or maybe you know, one of their you know, role players and they're wounded, this is your chance. So you load up and you take the chance when it's presented to you. I remember when Kevin Durant came to the Warriors, and you use that as your sort of barometer for this, but when Kevin Durant came to the Warriors in the Bay Area, a lot of the conversation was about who's going to give up shots. Is Steph Curry not going to take as many? Is Klay Thompson not going to take as many? And I think it all worked out, right? Like, they all ended up being unselfish. They were a good basketball team, and I think that that still rubbed off on Kevin Durant to the type of complete player that he is today. I think he's a better player now than when he got to Golden State. So he's proven he can be unselfish. Do you think that's the key factor for Kyrie Irving and James Harden finding success with this team? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that you kind of led with KD there because I think he is the easiest part of this. I think, you know, he's been living this at Golden State and he is going to be fine with this. He can play a number of ways. The second piece, of course, is James Harden because he's led the league in usage. He's led the league in scoring. His whole offense for the last however many years has been dribble, 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 step back three. And so you would say, well, how is he going to fit into an offense where, where there are two other players who are arguably as good as him? I think he's going to be fine. I think he pushed his way out of Houston. I think he knows some of the dirt that that'll bring to his name. And I think, he's gonna, I think he is going to come and be an engaged citizen looking to try and win, win this thing. The wild card is going to be Kyrie. This is not what he signed up for. This is not what he came to Brooklyn for, to be part of a, of a team that had a third guy like Harden, who does a lot of what he does. And so Kyrie has this experience of not being the, the 1A player in Cleveland, and he won a title this way and went to two other finals this way. So he can do it, but he, in his own mind, had evolved from that point. And so he is going to be the one who's really going to have to make the sacrifice here. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
One of the other big stories from uh, last week, I guess, would have been the COVID situation with the NBA. We saw Major League Baseball as the first team to kind of get out and running and, and travel with everybody. And college football obviously had a ton of postponed and canceled games. Now the NBA is running into it. But the NBA, I think, would tell you this is what we planned for. We released a first half schedule. We're going to have that gap in the middle of the season. We'll sort of figure out how to make this up. What do you make of the postponed games? Uh, I saw you had an article about this with playing games with only eight players. And do we think that all these games are going to be made up? At some point you know that's why they set up the schedule this way by only releasing half of it so they could build in ways to make up these games in a second half of the year i mean you know is every single game going to be made up i'm sure that's the plan is it the reality i don't know you just have to keep in mind that these regional television contracts which are worth hundreds of millions of dollars to these teams are predicated on playing a certain amount of games on their airways so, you know, when you get a, uh, a Boston Orlando cancellation, I mean, sure, that game wasn't going to be on TNT, but it was going to be on, you know, the New England Sports Network, and it was going to be on whatever they have down there in Orlando, and that matters. So play as many games as you can now. They fully expected there to be cancellations, and then you reconfigure the second half of the schedule so you can make those games up. I can't let you go, uh, Joe, without a thought on this uh, last topic here, which would be the sort of changing landscape of social justice in the NBA. And we saw it come to the front, especially in the bubble. And and I know that the George Floyd situation last year played a huge part in this because we were in the middle of a pandemic and really the country was focused on this. But the NBA, after its stoppage in the bubble due to social justice issues last year, have decided that they're seeking to hire an executive director of their new social justice coalition. Can you tell me about the coalition? Can you tell me what they're looking for in an executive director? And what does this role serve? Or what's the purpose of this for the NBA? Yeah, I mean, so they are looking someone with, political experience, somebody who knows how to organize, raise money, who understands legislation and public policy and campaigns. You know, let's just be honest about it. That's what this job is. I'm looking at the uh, posting summary right now. Given where this idea came from, I mean, I think you're going to want somebody who probably leans left. I don't know if the job is going to have to be like a minority hire, if that's something they're looking for it's somebody who is being hired by the league. So ostensibly that's hired by the 30 owners who many of them veer right and are white, but you know, they're supposed to work with the players association and work with the coaches association, all those kinds of things, you know, in practicality, I mean, we've already had, you know, players protesting and we've had them kneeling and, and we've had them speaking out like this is okay. Let's take our money whether it's the owner's money and the player's money and whatever, whatever else they can go out and raise, let's try to seek some systemic change. So, you know, maybe you start a political action committee. I mean, baseball has one and you actually raise money and target and give to candidates who will enact your agenda, whether it's at the local or state or, or national level, that's something you can do at a time when big business is for now going away from, you know, certainly um, Trump Republicans or, or anybody who was involved in what happened in, in DC on January 6th, maybe you bridge there and bring them into the fold. I mean, these are the kinds of things that happen next, right? Because, you know, you're looking for things to do that really bring change. And, and that's not a press conference. It's not even really kneeling. 
it's the next thing. It is opening public schools for disadvantaged youths like LeBron did in Akron. You know, it's those kinds of things. What's next? And so you need somebody who's done this before, who knows and understands politics, who can work with people from all walks of life and can organize. You're absolutely right about the, the school stuff. I know Kevin Durant did something like that in D.C., and you're getting to the point where the athletes at the top here in the NBA are, are starting to have enough money where this social change could make a real impact. So you're right. It's less about protesting and more about the actual action of, of making a social change. So this coalition is going to be a part of it. Joe, it's great to talk to you, man. It's fun to kick around basketball and those topics, but also to talk about what's going on behind the scenes. So I appreciate the time, and we'll try to catch up with you again later in the season. Yeah, I look forward to it, Adam. Thanks for having me. Great conversation with Joe Varden. He's not necessarily always the traditional basketball writer. He does dive into the daily topics of the league, but he's not giving you game stories. He's writing about what's going on in the association. I'd advise everyone to stop by Twitter. Give him a follow and make sure you read him weekly here in The Athletic. Again, on Twitter, at Joe Varden. Thank you to Joe. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. We appreciate you tuning into the podcast. If you're enjoying it, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to us. We're all set for the AFC and NFC Championship games. We'll dive into those a little bit later this week following a fun weekend of divisional football. Also, the Warriors are dealing with a couple of postponed games they may have to make up later this season, and the Sharks are underway after a couple games last week against the Arizona Coyotes. All stuff we can talk about in the days to come, but enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Wednesday.